Hey guys, welcome to the Podtrainer Podcast. It is Tyler Dietrich, and I'm here with my favorite person in the world, number one, Nick Burns. How are you doing, man? The uh, introductions never cease to amaze me. Never. Uh, how much you love me, and I'm excited to pass back the favor and say that love you too, man. Man, that's great. I didn't say I'm excited I love to you. be here with you. Well, you, that's how I felt it. Yeah, but I'm excited to be here with you today. Man, on I'm so happy to be here, and I'm thankful for my employees. Like, I just I feel like. Um, I have the best team in the world and I wouldn't want anybody else, um, on my team. We've got 12 full-time employees and every single one of them are here for a reason. I'm so thankful. Let's jump into this. We've got Melissa Poffle and you know, we've had, we haven't had anybody in retail. I don't think so. And I'm, I'm very interested in this because retail terrifies me for so many reasons, (laughs) small, like small exchanges of money terrify me. But I'd love to just kind of pick your brain on some of the things. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and tell us tell us your both business names. What are the shop's names? So um, I own a women's store. It's called The Festive Nest. It's in Muskogee. And then Oki Outfitters Company is our men's shop. And it's also in Muskogee. And those are right next to each other? Essentially. Like two doors down. And so down. what is The Festive Nest? What do you guys sell? What's your uh, specialty? Um, it's primarily women and children's goods. So jewelry, lots of apparel, lots and lots of apparel, gifts. Um, sometimes we pull in other things just to like spice it up a little yeah. bit. And sometimes that goes well, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. So, but, yeah. and then Oki Outfitters is primarily men's apparel, yes. gifts, that kind of thing. I so. love Oki Outfitters. It's great. Let's jump into this. So I would just love we've kind of talked about this before. I'd love to just hear your journey into entrepreneurship. What made you want to start a business? What, how did you get that desire? Kind of tell us about your journey. So I feel like I've always had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit about me. I've come from a family of doers. So I always look and see what needs to happen. And I also, truthfully, if I feel like I can do something better than something else I'm going I yes. I feel like I can start it and yes. I will do it better because that's just my my kind of competitive personality yes. but that's really how it began but I mean I can remember as a kid wanting like dreaming about what kind of businesses I would own yes. I would I mean lemonade stand it up like I I've always always wanted to be my own boss yes. so it kind of just blossomed from yes. that and I had my eyes on the prize and mm-hmm. stuck with it. Has, has there been any uh, female entrepreneurs that you've looked at that looked up to? Yes. Well, yes and no. I, my mom is, she's my business partner. And so everything that I do, I kind of do with her in mind awesome. and she's very strong and very, she's always there to help someone. And so she didn't, grow up as an entrepreneur, but she's really blossomed into that role. She has her own consulting business too, where she goes and, um, goes into nursing homes and is kind of an advocate for the patients, but helps the nursing homes kind of transition into what they need to be. And I just really admire her spirit about that. And she would probably, I would, I mean, I, I look up to her most. Absolutely. For sure. You know, being in retail, um, they're not, salaried employees obviously they're hour to hour and you have a lot of part-time employees i'm sure and it's also very seasonal your business so kind of walk us through some of your hiring practices 
um, what you're looking for, how you're keeping people. I'd love to just kind of have a discussion about that. When it comes to hiring anyone, the thing that I, my ideal candidate is very intrinsically motivated because you're in a position where you can sit or you can stand or you can, I, I have a really really annoying phrase that I say. And I'm like, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. I love it. And I love it. They don't love it yes. at all. At all. <laughs> so, um, but you it. have to have people that are motivated in like internally, because I'm not a micromanager. I absolutely yeah. refuse to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't really think you can run a business yeah. if you don't trust the people that work for you. Yeah. So I'm very, very mindful of that when hiring someone. Yeah. But once I hire someone, I very seldom let them go. So for sure. Um, even if I if I miss the mark, I just try to train them into the kind of person that would fit our business best. Yeah. But I feel like every employee brings a little something different yeah. to the table. And it helps me learn to be a better leader, learn to accommodate strengths and weaknesses yeah. of others because what I'm strong in is not necessarily what they are. Yeah. And we kind of can. Yeah. And what's interesting about it, your employees is they definitely have a sales role, absolutely. even if they're working at the cashier, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And because for instance, I went to your shop and I was walking around just, I honestly, I was not going to buy anything. I wasn't, I did not have any intention. And Melissa comes by and she like, she says something about one of the shirts. She's like, I don't even know what she said. Oh, these shirts are incredible. They're our best sellers. They're just incredible. She wasn't trying to sell to me, but she was like, I didn't know I was being sold to, <laughs> but she sold the crap out of me and I bought the shirt and I love it. But like, there's something to that, right? Absolutely. Like, like are you training sales or are you just trying to hire people who just naturally talk to people and convince them to hot, to buy stuff? I think that the best salespeople are natural talkers. Yes. You just, you can't force someone to go no. outside of their comfort zone. We do tell our girls that we never want you to make a sale in spite of someone's best interest Absolutely, because That's good. if someone leaves the shop and you have this 50 year old woman who you've been spending an hour with her trying on clothes. And if you aren't honest and from the heart, she's going to walk out and she's never going to wear what yes. you, you have to, you have to do what's best for them, even if it means not getting the sale. Mm. So I, I absolutely refuse to let the girls lie to yes. someone and say, oh, that looks so great on yeah. you. Because if it doesn't, I always say, yes. not my favorite. Yeah. Let's try something else. Yeah. Because you want someone to feel confident. Otherwise, they're going to, they're not going to feel good about yeah. you or yeah. the store when yeah. they walk out. And but, that's just never the case. Yeah, but also if they, if they're confident in what they're wearing and they love it, they're going to tell their people. Yes, but if they, absolutely. But if they don't wear it, no one's going to ask them, Hey, where did you get that shirt? They're yeah. not going to say the best of nest because no. they're not wearing the shirt. Absolutely. And they're never going to come back because yeah. they're not going to trust you at yeah. that point. And even meeting someone in a 15 minute kind of interaction, trust is huge, especially yeah. when you're asking them to, to give you their money yeah. because I mean, money is a big thing. Sure. I mean, even if it, if it's $15 or if it's yeah. $200 yeah. or 2 million. Yeah. So there's a fine line between pushy and like, sales right absolutely i and, mean i mean how many books are just written just on that topic oh my gosh I mean, it's yeah it's an endless rabbit yeah. hole so go out. ahead write write the book on how do you not be pushed because <laughs> i mean i've been in so many types of stores and i'm more I, i'm already just don't come talk to me don't do it i got hammered uh, out at the freaking car wash the other day yeah. girl was sitting there taking i'm like no i don't want a membership just, i just want so, to wash 
and it, like now it's so much harder i feel like even than just a couple of years ago people don't want to be bothered they don't want to be talked to no. um, it might be a little different at a women's store i don't know but that's my that's my always first response is please don't talk to me i want to just look and not be sold to yeah so how do you Absolutely. how do you navigate that you can pretty much tell within the first interaction with someone, yeah. the minute they walk through the door, you can tell what kind of customer they are. Yeah. If they want to be bothered, if they don't want to be bothered yeah. and you just have to be able to read that. That's yeah. really important as an employee For sure. being able to read, to read how the customer interacts with you, because if you are pushy when they want yeah. nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's not going to end well for no. any of you. Nobody. <laughs> so no. Yeah. And um, so I always tell the girls, I'm like, you really just focus on reading the customer. Yeah. And some people will come in and they they have their eyes honest. They just know what they're going for. Yeah. Even those people, you just have to approach them differently. Yeah. But then some people will meander yeah. and they want yeah. they want your feedback. They yeah. they want someone to talk to. Yeah. And you just have to kind of learn to read that. But you can almost instantly do that the second they walk in the door. Yeah. And that's a lot of body language, right? Which Absolutely. we have not talked really at all about just nonverbal communication. But I mean, that's a huge deal. I mean, if you're sitting in, you know, for us, if we're sitting in a meeting with a client, I'm slouched over my shoulders. Yeah. Well, that doesn't look good, right? Yeah. Let, let me sit up and act a little bit more present. Yeah. Um, same is true when absolutely. somebody walks in and you're you're trying to gauge whether or not you need to help them. And Absolutely. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah. It, and you're right. Um, the nonverbal communication is huge, even as you know, reading it on the customer's front, but then how you are to them as well. For so sure. just, there's so many different ways you can either be inviting or closed off. And, and some people would prefer you to be yeah. closed off and not yeah. speak to them. And I've, uh, I've got kind of a question for the two of you and would like you guys to kind of talk about this. You said, right, I'm not, I'm getting interviewed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tyler, you said earlier that small transactions scare you. Yeah. And because and now, and your business is a lot of small Absolutely. transactions. This business that Tyler and I are in is is a lesser amount of larger transactions. So can you guys maybe talk a little bit about the differences between those and why might that scare you, Tyler? That scares me because it's it just so many transactions. I know you could look at it the other way. It's like you have to get just a couple of huge transactions. Where do you find those people? But I don't know. It scares me having to have people walk in the door. For Absolutely. the most part, yep. like I know and that's you guys... a struggle with every business owner yeah. that's on my scale. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure on yours too, but it's, I see what you, I do understand what you mean. Um, because in order to pay the bills, I have to have X number of transactions and that is dependent on who walks yeah. by my shop, who yeah. comments on Facebook, yeah. that kind of thing. Whereas I don't have one big project that will pay my overhead for 12 months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you, and what I like about it personally is like that. We know that we have work through the end of the year. We, if we don't get another job through the end of the year, we are awesome. Mm -hmm. We're killing it. And so right now we're working on first and second quarter of 23, right. which is kind of weird. And because yeah. I'm mean, excited to think about it. And excited. Like, I can't wait tomorrow. We're coming back to work to look for the jobs for 23. But yeah. like, it's also very intimidating if you think about it, because um, people are um, kind of starting to hesitate with the economy for future projects. And so we're seeing some of that. Um, so that, you know, can also be a, I mean, but everybody deals with, if there's a downturn, yeah. everybody hurts. There's nobody Absolutely. that doesn't hurt. Yes. Um, I agree with that. And I feel like on my scale, it's, it's more of an immediate kind of, um, like the smaller transactions, 
they're the easiest things to get rid of because discretionary spending Absolutely. is much different. Yes. And, yes. um, and so that's scary yes. for us. Like, and we think, okay, we we're like, we're pretty cyclical yeah. every year. It's about, I mean, it's about the same. Um, I mean, we grow each year, but we can tell you what our, like our best three months are going to be. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everyone in retail knows that. Taylor. Okay. Well, t- I'm not in retail. <laughs> tell me that. Fourth quarter. Christmas. Okay. Everyone. Yeah. People, pe- well, we have people shopping now for Christmas. So oh, really? September kind of is the gear up for it. And then October, okay. November, and up until five o'clock on Christmas Eve. I mean, yeah. we just, we get slammed, which is wonderful. Yeah. But when you're dependent yeah. on three months in order to get your kind of reserves in place for yeah. the slow months, yeah. you just want to make sure yeah. you're prepared for it. And our inventory moves really quickly. So with the supply chain issues that have happened over, since 2020, yeah. it's very scary yes. to know if you're going to have enough inventory sure. or if you buy too deep and then you're stuck with, yes. I mean, if you see Target recently, they oh, yeah. they are liquidating so much merchandise yes. that has been stuck in the pipeline. Yes. And that's just something as a small business, you can't, you can't afford to do that. No. So we have to plan really methodically. Yeah in order to be successful for them. It's just a write-off. It's just a, it's a rounding error. And they're, Absolutely. Well, you know, we don't, we don't really have a ton of inventory in our business, maybe certain little things or whatever, but what is that process like for you? Cause I'm sure you've got systems and processes that allow you to track all of that. What does that actually look like in retail for you? It is messy, but is so like a once a week type of thing. Is it like, what, what is that? We keep track of like our inventory is just a running kind of, it's a running total what we do though is we evaluate it. Well, in fact, so our fourth quarter inventory we buy in January. So January of 2021 is when we bought for this Christmas coming up. So like wow. we buy, we never buy more than, I mean, it's always six to eight months in advance. So, which is also scary yes. because mm. trends change. Yeah. That's another thing that's a struggle with retail is a trend can be completely different. Yeah in January than it is in December. And if you have invested all of this money, because you know that this is going to be the trend this year and it is not any longer, then it's, it's, it's just a very delicate kind of balance between it. But we, we know what our projections are for the fourth quarter. We really, so we start buying for it in January. So right now, as of September 1st, we have had all of our Christmas inventory, all of our holiday inventory ready, ready to go out for three months. So, so it's not, it's not on the store. Like it's not on the floor right now. No. So in addition, that creates another financial burden because yes. we have the inventory on the floor for right now for this season, but we have to stockpile to essentially yeah. for Christmas. So we're, we're equipped for it because you can't buy on a whim. Yeah. You just can't, you yeah. have to pl- any successful retail business. It's all about planning. And so we have all of that stored ready to go out and we don't put it out until the first week of November because my mom bless her sweet little heart. We will celebrate Thanksgiving and it will not be Christmas related. Yes. So it's like, she's got to have her fall and then yes. we have our Christmas. So, <laughs> yes. but it's, it's, it's difficult. It is, I think as time goes on, you become more comfortable with it. And I feel like we're at the point now where we're pretty, we haven't had a significant loss because of 
an yeah. error in buying. And that has happened in the past, but yeah. right now I think as as you get used to what your customers expect, mm -hmm. then it makes it a little easier. I, I want to talk a little bit about marketing. So um, as it relates to, because there are certain brands that are are difficult to get. Is that correct? So like, absolutely, you have to um, market yourself in a certain way, even just to the brands or the suppliers, yeah. just to get the product. So it's like I, a vetting I, process, essentially. Yeah. So I wanted, I want to talk about that a little bit. And then also kind of how that also translates to um, kind of the general public. And if that's related or if that's different or if that they're kind of related. So the anchor brands that most national brands that you would see sold at Dick's or um, Academy, anything like that, there's a pretty significant vetting process in order to get them in your store. You have to have a certain amount of capital. You have to show that you have other brands. You have to show that you have the customer base. And because they're not, those are brands that they don't sell on Amazon. They're not going to be in a discount store. And a lot of times, especially for Oki Outfitters, men buy brands. Yes. Women actually are more likely to buy fast fashion, something that is because they're going to go and spend $35 on a shirt for one weekend. Mm. No problem. A man would never do that. No. He would never go and say, oh, no. yeah, I'm going to buy. We're going out to dinner. Yeah. I'm buying a new shirt for dinner. Never going to wear it again. <laughs> no, That would never happen. Never. No. So for the men's store, that's actually been something that we've had to learn is because men buy two times a year. They're yes. going to buy short sleeve shirts and shorts, and they're yep. going to be buy long sleeve yep. shirts and pants. That yep. is so funny that you're saying that, like you're saying that I'm like, Oh my God, yeah, that's what true. I've been doing yeah. this whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a woman will come in and buy for her husband yes. and say, Oh, well we're getting family pictures. Yeah. But if it were yeah. up to the man solely, there is, no. I mean, we would have two months of year where we, two <laughs> months of the year where we made sales <laughs> and I'm not. And, and that's just because you're more practical yeah. that way. Yeah. And um, but for Oki Outfitters, those national brands have been imperative because you're going to come in and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to buy this North, this $250 North Face jacket. And you have no problem with that because the brand is yes. tried and true. It's recognized. You're going to keep it for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to, you're, by the time you extrapolate out the, the cost of yeah. it after you've worn it 350 times, yeah. you're going to say, okay, that was worth yeah, my money. Sure. Yeah. A woman. Nah, she'll be like, oh, that's really cute. It's wool. We'll try that. Like, well, and she's not going to wear a jacket 300 times. No, There's no, chance. no, one season. Yeah. I mean, one she's season. She's going to get some use out of that, uh, that $250 North Face jacket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and on the men's side, it's been a lot different for us. And it was a, it was not easy to get the brands um, to catch on because when we opened Oki Outfitters, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. First of all, who does that? Yeah, who does that? <laughs> I mean, really, who yeah. does that? Secondly, it's where we were a brand new store. So we were actually having to use the reputation of the festive nest yes. in order to get the brands to, you know, to, yeah. to even bite. Yeah. And we've had to have like national reps come to the store, inspect the store yeah. before we're mm -hmm. ever even given an account. Yeah. Wow. And it's, I mean, it's a big to do, yeah. but it's worthwhile because yeah. those national brands will bring someone in and then they can look at yeah. every, you know, all the other things. And once you and... get one of the national brands, I feel like it's easier to get other ones oh, because absolutely. you say, Hey, I've got Under yes. Armour and I've got yeah. North Face. Mm -hmm. um, in, I, yeah. in fact, um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but Under Armour 
said, okay, if you have the North Face, Columbia, or it was one other one, then it's it's a shoe in. If you don't have one of those, sorry about you. Yeah. Period. That's mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So that we've we've dealt with that a little bit because mm. we were trying to go after a certain type of job, a very specific mm. job. But and, but they don't want you to do those jobs unless you've done them. Unless you have the experience in Isn't that. that. Interesting. How <laughs> and, are we going to develop the experience I, if I, we're not able to do yes. it? And what's funny is all of our guys have done those types of jobs. Yeah. And our subcontractors have done those types of jobs. But this business, as it stands, has not done that type of job. And I said, okay, why did we not get this? And they said, well, we went with someone who has more experience in this specific type of job. And I said, okay, how would you suggest that I get experience in this type of job? Yeah. If you're not willing to give me yes. the job. <laughs> and they said, well, go go get experience. I was like, oh, okay. That's isn't yeah. that what we're doing here? Yeah. Yes. I and that it's this, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. the same way in retail. It yeah. is. And um with our women's store, we do have national brands too, but once we are, the women's store is so it's has its reputation already. And we have yeah. the sales to back it up. Yeah. We've, we've had that where the yeah. men's store, when we first opened, yeah. it was, it was a yeah. wild hair from my dad. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, we're yeah. going to open this men's store. Yeah. And I feel like, are. I feel like the national brands for women is more about like the handbags, right? Jewelry, and, jewelry, handbags, accessories. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe shoes. I don't. It is. Yeah. And so we, Muskogee is kind of in a unique position for small business owners because the mall has, I mean, there is not a store left in the mall. Dillard's yeah. closed, JCPenney's closed. Yeah. And so there's nowhere for anyone to buy yeah. anything for themselves yeah. like that, which is actually why we opened Oki Outfitters because my dad, my husband, they're like, there's no way they're going to go to the buckle and buy a shirt. No, nothing wrong with the buckle. Yeah. They're just not 25 no. and they feel uncomfortable going yeah. in there. I don't and want to go to the buckle. Yeah. No, I mean, it, and they have some great stuff, but yeah. it's not for everyone. And no. so we opened that thinking there's no, I mean, in a small town, you get the mentality in Muskogee, you get the mentality that you have to come to Tulsa to buy anything for your family because there's nowhere to get something for everyone. And we just really kind of wanted to break that idea because your ta- the tax dollars are going, if you come and spend $250 at Dick's in Tulsa Hills, that doesn't benefit your, your town at all. And yeah. I, the whole shop local initiative is really, really important. People sure. think it's just a catchphrase, but no. it's very, very important. important. And mm-hmm. people don't realize that without small businesses, there's no tax dollars coming into your, I mean, into your school funds, yeah. and, all of that. Yeah. Not only that, but let's say Walmart comes into town and shuts down three or four businesses. Do you realize that Walmart has special agreements with the city yes. to lower their tax burden? just so that the the store will come to the town absolutely and that directly lowers the amount of money that mm-hmm. the city gets and it's it's a real issue it absolutely is i agree with that even i mean even walmart is not going to come and they are not going to write a check to support your kids t-ball no, team they're no, not going they're to not. do that we yeah. are they're not yeah for sure so yeah not to mention like um that's several different business owners who are making a good living um and providing good jobs mm-hmm. that are now gone because those jobs are not going to be filled up by people in Walmart. You know, Walmart's run by what? 12 people yeah. um, at a time, obviously different shifts is much more, but sure. yeah, that's interesting. Um, I kind of want to shift to um, mental health and business. So 
I was reading the news and just this tragic event happened where the CFO of Bed Bath & Beyond committed suicide. You know, it turns out that he's been, I have no idea what he's doing. I don't know anything about the allegations, some kind of fraud, whatever, whatever the, the issue is. Um, I just want to kind of talk about your, um, what are you doing to prevent mental health issues within yourself? And also kind of just talk to us about kind of those, because I know it's really close to you. So kind of talk to us a little about that. I think that mental health in general is such a stigma that people don't want to recognize that it's an issue everywhere. As a business owner, I'm sure you, I'm sure both of you know, there's tremendous pressure. You have pressure to pay your bills. You have pressure to pay your employees. You have invested so much of your life into this little piece of the prize that the thought of failure can be absolutely overwhelming. And you hate to think that someone ever gets to the point where they want to in their life based on that pressure. We personally, as a family, have experienced the loss of um, our, our closest family friend's daughter this year. She took her life and she was burdened with pressure that different pressures, but pressure. And it really, it really affected us because I think it opened our eyes to the fact that we all deal with those kind of the burdens and pressure. And do we know how to help ourselves? Do we know how to help someone else? So my, my mom has worked tire tirelessly over the last few months, um, starting a campaign for Mm. suicide awareness and mental health. And we are going to be co-hosting a 5k Mm. next year with green country behavioral health. And they are going to the Oklahoma state department of health will be there. Um, just handing out information. Um, well, and now there's like a na- the national suicide, mm. not the prevention line. They've always yeah. had that. But um, I think that a lot more resources are going into yeah. promoting the recognizing that mental health and mental health, the stigma around it, it's, it's absolutely yeah. time for that yeah. to go. I know as a business owner, I... I sometimes let the pressure get to me and I, I do a much worse job at that than others. And so I really, I focused on bringing it, you know, bringing it back, trying to work through things day by day. So what are some great habits that you have that you feel like you're in a better place when you do those things? I know it's going to sound so corny, but breathing Yeah, because I, I can feel myself getting worked up. I'm and just trying to kind of methodically think out, okay this is what's happening. Breathe through it. So you can kind of approach it with a fresh, a fresh perspective. I do talk to my husband a lot. So he is often just sitting there, not saying a word. And then I say, okay, now it's your turn. Tell me what, tell me what you think. And he, he's very, that's the difference between a lot of men and a lot of women. Like I am not practical. I am emotional and I lead with emotion, which mm. can be a great thing, but can also be a huge detriment. Mm. And he is, does not mm. lead with emotion. No. So he will, he'll bring it back for me and I'll say, okay, this is where, this is where it went wrong. Yes. This is where you should have just said, okay, I cannot control this. Yes. This is not something that I need to worry about. And that, that really helps me. And it does keep me in check. And I go to counseling. Yeah. That's something because I don't have very good or I used to not have very good coping mechanisms, like trying to figure out 
how to prioritize things. And that's really helped me. Yeah. I think everyone should go to counseling personally, just yeah, little, have a sounding board and yeah. it's really, it's really helpful and they can teach you so much, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So that's, that's kind of our approach to it, but we, we also could do so much better and we're going to, we're working very hard on trying to get the message out that yeah. your mental health matters, that you matter. And, yeah. um, it's, yeah, I love, I love the 5k. I'd love to be involved. Is there dates on that? You... Yes, I believe it is going to be March it's, 31st, yeah. but I'll get you the details. Yeah, get us yes. the details. We'll so... put it in the show notes. Cause I would love to get yeah. involved in that. And, uh, um, maybe we could sponsor it. I think that'd be a cool idea. That would be amazing. So, yeah. um, we, the, our family friend, um, they have started a foundation. It's called the play for page, yeah. um, foundation. And, and she was young, right? How old was she? 18. She oh, was gosh. 18. Um, and she just, she, like I said, she just had burdens that she could not, she could not overcome. Yeah. And were these known about, like, did they know that she was struggling? They did. They did know. And they, her parents did everything right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they absolutely everything yeah. right. And it just, yeah, it just goes to show you that no matter what the circumstances yeah. are, some people, they just, they just yeah. can't, they can't overcome yeah. it. And it's yeah. heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, um, I don't remember where I saw this, but there was a popular actors or influencer, somebody, he said, it's just really hard to be alive right now as a, on social media, like social media makes it hard for anybody under the age of like 25 oh just... 37 yeah I, and i i didn't mention that before but i deleted my own social media yeah. in june yeah and um that has been the number one best thing yeah. for my mental health yeah i mean i would find myself getting yeah. so worked up because of business yeah. stuff and i was just like nope yeah. and it has been such a relief you know i think i think part of the reason why it's so toxic and personally and also in business wise is you're just comparing. It's just, yes. a, you get into the comparison trap of, well, they're doing this. Why am I not doing this? Well, how did they like, why is this not happening to me or why, you know, and it's, it's all, just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. It's like, it's their it life. They're, they're running their race. Right. I, I also have deleted all, almost all social media off my phone. I use Twitter for, no, you for, didn't, Nick. uh, for you just commented on my Facebook the other day. Okay, that's now I'm on there for the podcast though. Okay. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't use, I don't use it personally. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like a bad habit where I kicked that thing off and it sucked for a little while because you know you invest a lot of time in it and then you then you kind of have this void. And but now the longer that I've distanced myself from it, the more that I can't find any reasons yeah. to put it back on my phone. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's this like, there's like two different camps of. There's like the VR, the virtual reality, like actual owning like property virtually and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's getting deeper into the social media and like actual digital assets. Yeah. But then we're going, there's a lot of people going the other way where they're just like, I don't want any more of this. Yeah. No. Give me, give me the old Nokia phone with snake. That's what I want. I, yeah. like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is that I think it becomes kind of rote and you wake up and it's the first thing you do is you're like, oh, well, instead of yeah. reading the news, I'm going to look at Facebook and yeah. it's is, is that healthy? Are you lay in bed next to your, your spouse? And rather than talking to them, you both are looking yeah. at Facebook and mm -hmm. that is a huge problem. It just disconnects yeah. you from the actual world you live in yeah. and it becomes really toxic. It yeah. really does. But it's, 
unfortunately, especially for my business, Facebook is necessary. It is absolutely. It is how most people like our target customer, that's how they respond. That's where they get their information. It's how they, they see a picture of our stuff on Facebook and that's what brings them in. So it's a double-edged sword for me. So I created a ghost account so I can be an admin on my page. And so I can still post and comment, but I don't have to, I don't even have the actual Facebook app anymore. So it's been, that's been huge for me. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is we could yell for a year and that's all we could say is everybody just needs to get off social media, but we could still be posting ads and stuff. And like, people are still going to see it. People are not going to stop. Never. And it's, um, it's just kind of like a necessary evil in our society. And we need to figure out a way to navigate that because I know your business depends on it. Ours, Ours doesn't necessarily, we use social media, but it's more just to kind of let people know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still important, yeah. you know? Um, we were kind of mentioning some things outside of the business world. I think it's time to drop this n- question lightning round. No games. No games. No games. So just- but no. it is a question lightning round. Um, and maybe a couple of things that are a little bit more about you and outside of your business that allows you to be successful. So question number one is, what is one thing do you do outside of your business that allows you to operate at a high level in your business? I... Do not like lightning rounds. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I and they don't have to be like super fast, quick answers. But we've got a set of questions here. We're gonna okay. We're gonna go through that. I did not get to prepare for that. No. You did not <laughs> get to prepare for. Okay, we're getting um, real answers. Yes, real answers. I volunteer a lot, awesome. so I am I a service it. person. Awesome. I am the president of the Bixby Basketball Booster love Club, it. so I am very involved in Beautiful. everything that my kids do. I help feed the football players. I'm there when anyone needs anything. Well, so you're making us feel bad about ourselves. Okay. Stop it. (laughs) Your, your, your kid isn't old enough yet. And when he is, I will make sure that you're (laughs) involved. So I would, I would assume that that's probably not on the refreshing side, but it probably gives you a lot of fulfillment to be involved in that. Is that correct? It absolutely does. And to be involved with your son. And it can, it can be refreshing because it's just me showing up to do something for someone else without feeling like I'm trying to get something in return. Yeah. 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 And I feel like with, the shop, even though I, I love my shops and I love the people that I deal with and I never want them to feel like I'm just there for the sale because I'm not, but everyone knows that's my business. That's what, you know, that's part of my livelihood. So there's always that kind of undertone and you know, question number two, what time do you wake up in the morning? This is not a fair question because (laughs) I am not a morning person, but I do wake up. It's I wake up my husband wakes up at six yeah. and I wait until he turns off the shower and I get up at six fifteen. Okay. So. Cool. <laughs> okay. Number three, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Ooh, come on. This is a really, oh, I this love is this. This is a tough one. I love this. One. Just what is, what's the first thing that comes to your head? That's the right one. Hate to lose. Okay. Next. Okay. I think that that's common. That's great. Um, who is the one person that supported you from the beginning? Um, my parents. So they, the way that our business is structured is the festive nest is owned by my mom and I, Okie Outfitters is owned by my mom, my dad, my husband and I, so it's a family, it's definitely a family thing, but no matter what crazy, crazy kind of idea I get, my parents are always on board. I have no idea how I ended 
up so lucky. But then my husband too, he'll yeah. say, whatever you think, babe, whatever you think. So <laughs> I, I have a really good support system. So yeah. I'm very lucky. Well, you mentioned uh, serving in other areas outside of your business that may be ways of fulfilling you. What about your favorite pastime? What do you do for fun and refreshment? I read. I'm a, I love to read. So I read kind of, six to eight. Um, I'll read anything. I'll read nonfiction. I read a lot of fiction, six, six to eight books a month. I, yeah, I have to, which is one of the reasons I don't get up early because I don't late. start to read until everyone goes to bed uh, Okay. because I don't, I so mean, a night owl. Then. Yeah. And I'm not really a night owl. I prefer to go <laughs> to bed early and sleep in late, but I have to carve out some time for myself. So I stay up and read after everyone goes Beautiful. to bed. Okay, final one here. What are you currently speaking into existence, whether it be personal or professional? I am speaking a Tulsa location for my stores into existence every day. So that is um, that is my prize, and I definitely have my sights set on it. So it's just trying to work out the the details. And like I said, once again, I have a very good support system, and they're like, "Whatever you think." So, but yeah, that's my (laughs) that's it right now. Beautiful. Well, that was the lightning round. That there. was great. That was Whoever great. wants to sponsor this section, please get in contact with us. Yeah. I'm just playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> this this uh this is sponsored by Blockbuster. Yeah. Go for your VHS needs. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of been like a running joke. I just want to have like a sponsorship by some defunct business like Enron it. or Blockbuster yes. or something yes. like that. That would be good. Um, just a couple more questions and then we'll let you go. Plus, you've been incredible. Um, let's talk about vision. So when you first, what, what year did you start the business? 2015. Okay. So the vision of the company, I want to hear what the vision was then. And then I want to know what the vision is now and going forward. So I started out thinking I would just get a booth space somewhere and get a wholesale account for a home decor company because I really love to decorate my home. Yes but I am also pretty frugal. So okay. I thought, how can I do this I love it. more affordably? I love it. So I talked to my mom. I said, let's do it. So that's exactly what we did. I love it. And it escalated <clears throat> very, very quickly. And it has grown and grown and grown. And um, after our first million dollars of sales, I thought this is, I can't get any better than this. Yeah. And then I said, okay, how quickly can I get to the next million? And that's just kind of been how I've seen it. And now my vision is eventually building the business so much in Muskogee that I can sell it or, and then opening here or, or just finding the perfect person to run it and be able to open more locations. I just want to spread my little confetti all over the place. So that's, that's where I'm at now. So your vision now is kind of looking into the future of delegating and having someone else run the festiveness and in, Mus- in Muskogee yeah. and then opening more locations. I'd yeah. love to have one. I'd love to have a location here. I'd love to open one in Oklahoma city. I would love to open one in Denver. I just, I, I never, I never see an end point, I guess. I just see it evolving and hopefully growing and getting bigger. I love it. What are you excited for? What are you most excited for coming up? I think um, I'm most excited for this Christmas. We've done a really, really good job um, of kind of planning out our inventory and our events. Professionally, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be a really great fourth quarter. I think people are finally 
completely putting the pandemic in the back of their mind, whether that's good or bad. Um, and they're ready to shop and they're ready to have festive gatherings and, um, yeah. I'm ready to help people yeah. plan those. And yeah. So how can people find you? What's the best way? Truthfully, not to sound like a hypocrite, but Facebook. So we yeah. post <laughs> everybody get your phones yeah. out. <laughs> we post everything on Facebook. So you can, you know, all of our new inventory, you can check out my husband. He's our model for Oki Outfitters. So we just had another <laughs> little photo shoot so you can check out all the new clothes, but, um, we, and we're actually, we've invested a lot into our e-commerce. So it hasn't really been up and running because our inventory moves so quickly that it's hard to That's do tough. that, but yeah. we finally got it in trust. So by, by time people really start shopping for Christmas, everything will be available online as well. So go check out the festive nest and Oki Outfitters on Facebook yes. or links in Instagram. the description, links in the description, or go to Muskogee and check yeah. out and store because Oki Outfitters is awesome. It, I'm a huge fan and I'm gonna make another trip because it's coming up. I need some long, long, yeah, long it's shirts. that time. That's it's right. your long second time to change clothes. That's right. So I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Melissa, thank you so much. There were some couple things we didn't touch on, so we just may have to do this again. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm proud to be your first woman entrepreneur. You know, I said that, but you're actually not. Oh, that's rude. I I'm told, just kidding. Well, but, but it's all it's all like different styles yeah. of business. Yeah. You know? so, so I'm so, happy to be your first retail yeah, woman retail, entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. So either way, it was a pleasure to have you. It was, it was very nice to be here. So. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for listening. This is another episode of the Pottery Room Podcast, and we will talk to you guys later.